This is Chad Harrington here. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the new Canaan Society podcast, Franklin Chapter. The podcast is picking up steam and we're getting more and more downloads. So please share this episode when you get a chance. My company, Harrington Interactive Media, produced this podcast and we sponsor the new Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin Chapter. And we've learned the ins and outs of digital content marketing and advertising. So learn from us how to leverage your message with a workable strategy that actually sells and generates leads. You can take your podcast, your blog, your email newsletter, whatever content you've got, and we can help you develop new leads with that content. And then you can nurture that audience toward a sell. So go to harringtoninteractive.com and schedule a call with us. We'll start a conversation by email. Looking forward to talking with you. This is the New Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter. We are a group of men who gather together to encourage each other in friendship and in faith, and to support each other to be better husbands, fathers, and better men in the marketplace and in our communities. Friendship at NCS happens through our regular meetings in local chapters all across the country. The Franklin, Tennessee chapter meets the first and third Thursday each month at Puckett's Grocery and Restaurant in downtown Franklin from 7 to 8 a.m. In this episode, Rob Fraser shares his talk, A Little Singing and a Little Talking. It was recorded on June 20th, 2019. You know, one of my greatest joys here at uh, NCS is uh, listening to Andy pray in the morning. I mean, I just, I just really appreciate The church I go to, I said to the pastor one time, you know, I really appreciate your sermons, but what I really appreciate is the prayer, the, the congregational prayer that we have. Long story, but it's a just prayer uplifts me, and I appreciate you, Andy. A um, couple things. Wes isn't here. I got a text from him last night about 9.30. I'm still on the runway in New York City. I may not make it the next this tomorrow morning. So he's got me here. Second announcement, two weeks from today is July 4th. Believe it or not, we're almost halfway through the year. So we will not have a uh, NCS breakfast on July 4th. We will, though, on July 18th. Mark has just a little bit something he wants to tell us about some movies, I think. Always movies. But before I say that, uh, what... Um, Andy just shared that, that first hour book. I'm nine days into it. And I go to a lot of spiritual tables in town, and they're really good. But the conviction for me is they're not as good as my one-on-one time. And I start the day, and I'm not an early morning person, but wherever I'm going to be, I back it up an hour, and, and it's working. I'm spending time. So I don't know who gave you that book, but I'm, I'm glad... No, Michael did. You gave me that book because it's around town a lot. So uh, the guy who did it just moved to town, uh, Mark Cook. So, all right. So 80 years in the running up at Lipscomb University, they've been doing this thing called Summer Celebration. Anybody know about it? Summer Celebration. 80 years they've been doing it. It's basically family camp for two and a half days. Great biblical teaching, music, food. It's for the whole family. It's free. And uh, when I joined Lipscomb several years ago, I got involved, and then, then I've stayed involved even after I've left. But, uh, and then on the Friday night, so next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 26, 7, and 8, they do this summer celebration, and they do these main sessions. About 2,000 people come from all over the southeast, and it's a great night. They ended with an open-air open concert and a fireworks show on Friday night, the 28th. It's a big deal. 
So if you're looking for yet another fireworks show, that's the place to go. But during this summer celebration, they do a film series that I've been hosting for seven years now. And I'm going to be hosting it with Agape Nashville, who I'm with now. And so here's the three movies, two that have already been out that are back for encores. If you haven't seen them on the big screen, this is a good time to do it. Next Wednesday afternoon, they're showing I Can Only Imagine, 2 o'clock. Okay? A lot of us saw it. Maybe you want to see it again. 2 o'clock, a week from... Uh, or this coming Wednesday at 2 o'clock. And then at 8.15 on Wednesday, they're showing a brand new movie that, that hasn't been released yet. It's a chance for us to see. It's called Selfie Dad. It's a comedy with Michael Jr. about the importance of God's Word, reading God's Word. Very, very good. I'm really jazzed about it. I'm glad we're going to be able to see it before it releases and get some opportunity for input. So that's Selfie Dad a week uh, this coming Wednesday. Next Thursday, a week from tonight at 8.15, they're going to be showing another movie. It's a local movie here about two guys that you know, broken, uh, beautifully broken. William Mazurwa has come here. I think Randy Hartley. Those are two dads from Brentwood. One started in Rwanda, ended up here, and how those two dads' lives crossed and how they did something to help save their daughters. Uh, it is one of the most powerful movies I've ever seen on forgiveness, and uh, it's called Beautifully Broken. It'll be Thursday night. So there's three movies. They're free. They're in the Shaman Theater there. I'll be hosting. If you want more information, find me up. If this is your first time here and want to get on our email list, Tom Bates has a uh, pad he's going to send around. I'll send mine around. Just put your name and email address on here. You'll get an email from me about twice a month. We don't do anything else with it. One other thing I want to mention before introducing Rob, today is World Refugee Day, and that's something I've been concerned about. Um, I heard on NPR the other day about fighting in eastern Congo, and a couple hundred thousand people have fled from that fighting over to Uganda. And there's a lot we could say about refugees, and where my mind went with that is how blessed we are that probably none of us, except William if he were here, um, have ever had that experience of being a refugee. We're going to celebrate in two weeks the founding of the United States. We're a blessed nation. So let me, I'll send this around. Let me introduce Rob Fraser, um, singer, songwriter, pastor, teacher, worship leader, all-around good guy, and he's going to tell us all about it. Rob? Thank you much. Thank you. Well, I can resonate with the brother who said he's not a morning person. Most of us who make music are not. But we'll see. It's been great to be here several times over the past few years just to join in breakfast with you guys and also a couple of times I've been here with the Music City Fathers Bunch. I don't know if you remember with Bruce Carroll and Bob Bennett and all of us would come and sing a song and then we'd go get our free breakfast. That was good. Let's just start with something easy this morning.
got your word on it. Your word will last forever. I know your word will never fade away. Now in my life, I'll have struggles that I can be sure. I got your word on it. Endures. Got your word on it. Got your word on it. Your word will last forever. I know your word will never Fingers. Well, fingers don't work as well in the morning either, do they? My story. I was asked to tell a little bit about my story, and it's really great to be seeing some friends from my distant past here, from the King's College in New York, where I attended many, many years ago. I imagine an alumni here with us today. We're visiting the past a little bit. And uh, the longer I live, the realize there's more years behind me than in front of me. How many of you have had that realization? How's that working for you? Actually, it's been really good to reflect on the goodness of God. I, I came here 42 years ago, amazingly, to join a young, struggling Christian rock band that then went on to great success and uh, spent a few years with them. was part of the songwriting team there and uh, had kind of cut my teeth in Christian music before that. After I graduated from college, uh, I had planned to go to graduate school, but then life kind of threw me a curveball. My fiance, who 
was accepted to the same grad school as I was, was killed in a car wreck in March of our senior year, just before we were going to be married. So it kind of threw me for a loop. I started grad school. It just didn't make sense to be there without her. And so on a lark, I got on a plane and moved to England and joined a band. And you know what? My parents were cool with it. Can you believe that? And that's what sort of sent my life in the direction of making music for a living. But that planted a seed in me that was, uh, I didn't realize at the time, it had uh, kind of taken me away from what I guess I would say today was more like a Sunday school understanding of the goodness of God and the fact that if you're walking with the Lord, life's going to be perfect all the time because pretty much it had been. My, pet, my upbringing was a, a wonderful one from a Christian home. Parents were in ministry. Never had any difficult things happen. But at that event, although I was too religious to admit it at the time, I lost my true faith in God. I lost my ability to trust him in every circumstance. And so that planted that seed of unfaith. And I think the math would have been something like this. Well, if that's what happened, if you give your life to God, I think I'm going to start doing things my way. And even though I was in ministry, so a lot of things crept in to uh, that, at that time in my life. I think today we could call it compromise. Because one thing it's interesting to think back on now, you know, you put a guitar around a young, good-looking guy and put him up on a stage in front of a microphone. It doesn't matter if you're singing about God or girls or gold. The temptations are going to be there. And it's, uh, we're in a kind of a safe place to talk about this today. But some things that happened should not have happened in that early days of my ministry. And it just led me to a difficult place. And finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I got out of the music ministry and just set out to be a songwriter. And uh, God brought, uh, allowed some success to come into my life. I wrote songs for a lot of the big artists of the 1980s, Kansas, uh, Rick Springfield, uh, the band called Night Ranger, a very forgettable band. But, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, got into... Uh, the songwriting community and really found my home there really loved it and yet as time went on my relationship with christ grew cold i'd gotten married during those years to a girl who had some understanding of what the bible was about but she wasn't from a christian background and uh so we were really struggling in the early years of our marriage success came financially and career-wise but we our marriage was falling apart the foundation had not been laid properly and it wasn't until we dragged ourselves into a little church down on Music Row, kind of quite by accident, where revival was happening. And I walked in and heard people singing songs, not about God, as I was used to, but to the Lord. Or heard people praying prayers that weren't just by rote, but they actually believed that God was listening and that he was speaking back. And the Holy Spirit was sweeping through. And so we, we went there for week after week and just were reduced to tears. And we heard a pastor who would get up and not just talk about God or share doctrinal truth with us, but he was sharing what was going on in his life that very minute. And so that brought a new reality. I guess you'd call it revival, repentance. I don't know what it was, but it changed our lives forever. And uh, I began to understand that uh, God had not brought me to Nashville to write songs for other people. He'd brought me to Nashville to write songs for him. And so I humbly came back to making music for him and became a Christian artist from that time on. And that's been 35 years ago. I never really looked back. It's not like things have been perfect. It's been a rocky road in some ways. We still have to battle the flesh. We still have to battle our own wrong impulses. And yet God's been good. Been married for 39 years. Have three grown children. And I'm really happy to be here with you guys this morning to share that no matter what happens, God is good. During those times, um, I wrote a song about prayer. 
actually became my number one, my first number one hit as an artist. And the interesting thing about being a songwriter, as you get older, you look back and you say, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I believe exactly what I wrote then, but um, I might have changed a few things. Um, a song about revival. Back in the 80s, you know, we were hearing a lot about um, bringing America back to God. We still hear about that, revival. But I've come to understand that revival begins with prayer. We can talk about revival in the state house. We can talk about revival in the big house, in the white house. But really, revival starts in this house starts here first and so a personal revival is what we need and when that happens then things will happen outside these doors this is a song that reminds us about the importance of prayer what it means to be a praying people it's called this town
first came down here to the Southland, I was a bit of a fish out of water and uh, hadn't spent much time in the South before, though my father was from North Carolina. He met my mom from New Jersey and moved north and really never looked back. So when I came down to Nashville in 78, it wasn't really a city yet. It was kind of a big town. You remember that, right? And Yankees were still somewhat suspect, if I remember right. <clears throat> Maybe that hasn't changed. There was some culture shock, too. I remember walking into the Jim Dandy markets. Remember Jim Dandy? Yeah, so I walked in one day, and I bought my stuff, gave my money, took my money back, and the lady said, come back. And so I turned around, and I went back. <laughs> and I stood there by the counter for a minute, and she waited on the next person, looking at me a little strangely. I said, I'm sorry, ma'am, did you tell me to come back? And she said, I meant another time, honey. <laughs> One of my first lessons of living in the South, get used to come back. And so I have uh, since then engaged in a cross-cultural marriage. I married my lovely wife, Caroline, who's born in Atlanta, raised in Kentucky. And we had to learn to speak each other's language after a while, and we, uh, we did. And uh, it's been an adventure. So, uh, as I mentioned, I've been writing songs for other artists, and here's a song that's written for her that's about to be recorded by a country artist. Let's try that again. John, help me. The black key is F, sharp, right? Okay, try that again. There we go. When I wake up in the morning, you're right by
But we grew up together Through the ups and downs We made a happy home Some people said I came on too strong I'd never take the time to learn how you feel What they don't know is that you're sugar on the outside But underneath you got a spine of steel Oh yeah Now we're closer to the end than we are to the start My Kentucky lady But I want you to know That you'll always have my heart My Kentucky girl I love you Kentucky girl First time in public on that one. All right, thank you. It's so good to be here with you guys today in the company of uh, other brothers in Christ. I want to close with my little set with a song called He Is All You Need, which uh, was uh, recorded by me and Steve Camp and Don Moen and the Maranatha Singers and a host of other folks. Become kind of a life song for me. And again, as a songwriter, I look back and think about uh, some ways I might have revised that. He is all we need, but you know, I need you too. So he's all we need, but he's all we need. He's all I need. I need my brothers. I can't go through this life alone. And I don't know about you guys, but this is a good gathering, but it seems to me it should be a larger gathering of what takes place in smaller contexts throughout the week. I'm hoping everybody here is in some kind of small men's group. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I've been in a men's group with six or seven guys. It's changed a little bit over the years, but not much. We've walked together for over... 25 years. We've been through everything. We've been through marriages, divorces, been through the death of grown children, been through battles with pornography. We've been through everything. We know each other's junk, and therefore it makes it comfortable to be together. No walls, no lies, no divisions. There's nothing like that, fellas. I think men especially need it. It seems to me that women are maybe a little better at making those connections naturally as they go through life. We have to schedule it, right? We're schedulers. Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. is my time to get real. And I need it. That's what I think Jesus was talking about when he said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. He's a friend. He believes in friendship. And when we share him together, it's not just something we believe, it's something we live. When you're confused, 
just thank you kind of says it all doesn't it now, let me just say that at this stage in my life I'm experiencing something that I wish for all of my brothers especially those of us uh, who are long in years and that is something called convergence in your life it's been about 25 years in music and then I felt the Lord leading me into pastoral work so I went to seminary became a pastor for about 15 years a chaplain at the Nashville Rescue Mission for three but now the Lord has brought both of those streams in my life back into one where I get to pastor creatives. I work with a group called Artist and Christian Testimony, which helps artistic people of all bents, mostly musicians, but all kinds of artists, get set up as nonprofits and do their ministry uh, like missionaries. We operate in 24 different countries, and we have over 350 people on staff. Last year, I processed over $9 million in donated funds, so it's not chopped liver. 
but it is making a difference. And uh, if anybody would like to learn more about that, you can go online and see it uh, online at www.actinternational.org. Now, I'm not giving a commercial. I do just want to remind you that if you trust God with your life, eventually he will tie all the loose ends together. I didn't believe it could happen for a while. There were some times that were pretty dark, but God is faithful. If you trust him with your life, that's my bottom line this morning. He will not let you down. He is all you need. Thanks for listening.